Live Laugh Stuck is a self-indulgent podcast featuring a heart player encouraging you to be self-indulgent too. Welcome home. Welcome back to Live Laugh Stuck. And it is time for I almost said Solix and Nepeta, but that was last Saturday. I think it was last Saturday. Is that when I put out Solix and Nepeta? Probably. Who knows? Uh, time's an illusion, right? No, it's Aridin and Fafari. We got the Sea Dwellers. We have the Last of the Trolls. And people are very excited about them, especially Aridin. But we'll we'll get into it. So I'll start with Aridin. Um, I like all the characters. He's a character I've grown to love over time. I have friends who are huge Aridin fans. And the more I see shitty fish boys in like fan ventures and stuff, the more I like shitty fish boys. And Aridin is definitely a shitty fish boy. Not to mention, because of my Dirk bias, I now have to have a bias for all princes. So... It's this is a shitty fish boy prince, and I love him. And by I love him, I mean I appreciate when him when I see him on screen, and I don't think about him much otherwise. But he's good. So his uh, route, so we find him on Vriska's beach, which isn't really Vriska's beach, but it was the background from Vriska's route, and um, I think it's the same beach, so I'm calling it Vriska's beach. So he's hanging out on Vriska's beach after having gotten dumped by Vriska, and by Fafari. So he's kind of, you know, just uh, moping and staring into the ocean dramatically and, you know, just being sad because he got like double dumped. And you come along and he starts like spilling his whole fucking life story to you, which Reader says that like, readers yet to come across someone who's done that and made it this easy. But Tavros is right there. Tavros literally did that. I mean, sure, it took a, oh, no, I probably shouldn't. No, I mean, it's fine if you do. Okay. And just, like, dumps it all. And uh, Aridin was much more upfront. But I, I don't think that that's enough of a distinction to say that Aridin is the first one to kind of just freely dump everything on reader and make it very easy for them. The hilarious twist is that apparently this is a service that he expects payment for. So I, I wonder, I, I can't imagine that anyone asks for this service, that anyone is um, desperate enough for a, a feelings jam, for for some, some pale action that they go to Aridin for this. So I'm just imagining him like, walking through the fucking city and just like seeing someone maybe like sitting at a table by themselves or something and just sitting down and dumping everything on them and then asking for money which is great like especially since he's rich as all shit so it's it's fantastic and i i love that i also like 
his first choice, like the first bad end you can get with him is all about you having to choose where to go. And if you don't choose the right place, then he just like fucks off and walks away because you're supposed to be able to like read his mind and figure shit out. I'm like, sorry, we're not Vriska. We can't read your mind and figure shit out. And if Vriska, you know, you know, Vriska can read your mind. And if she ever wanted to figure shit out, she'd probably do the exact opposite of what you were thinking you wanted to do. The only thing I wish with that is that for each of the wrong options you picked, there would be like slightly different dialogue. I know that's that's harder than just like copy and pasting um, or just like having them all direct to that same ending is probably what happened. Uh, a little more coding involved with that. Um, honestly, though, all they could have all they probably needed to do was just when you have that choice, you get like a word, uh, you get a variable change and then it can all link to the same ending. But then they just put in like variable name. I don't know. I think it would have been neat, but that's that's just me. And that's kind of what I focus on when I make visual novels and choice based games is all the little tiny details that can change. Sometimes that stops me from making a good story and definitely stops me from thinking about other things. But, you know, we need to hyper-focus on something and then gather other people around us to hyper-focus on something else. That's how we work. But it, it was nice. It was very, um, I, I'm assuming classic Aridin. From what I've heard from Aridin stands is classic Aridin to be like this. It was, it was very nice. And when you pick go to a movie, he's like, good, you chose the right option because I was going to go to a movie anyway. And Reader's like, what the fuck? Uh, and then Reader disassociates thinking about Shrek too hard. And here I have to admit something. I got Shrek 2 mixed up with Shrek 3. I don't know why, except I was on a stream. If I would have taken like two seconds to think about Shrek 2 and Shrek 3, Obviously, like, they couldn't have swapped places, but they did in my head. And so I said at some point during the stream, I think it was at the end of Aridin's route, that Shrek 2 was the worst Shrek movie. And I I will never live down that shame, or, nor forgive myself, because, as many of you know, this was almost a Shrek podcast. I own all the Shrek movies. I own all the Shrek soundtracks. I watch essays about Shrek, and I mixed up Shrek 2 and Shrek 3 and called Shrek 2 the worst Shrek movie. It was horrible. Uh, hold on. Someone's trying to fucking cast on my TV. Fucking always block. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in, but that's just very funny. Just this fucking notification pops up. Someone's trying to... I don't know if they were like intentionally trying to get my TV or a stranger's TV or if like they also have uh, a, a TV similar to mine or they just clicked on the wrong one that's very funny I've been living in this apartment for over a year and this has not happened I've had this TV for a while and this has not happened anyway what was I talking about my Shrek shame so we can get away from my Shrek shame now because we are going on the airship that is described as being so fucking gigantic. I personally literally cannot conceptualize it. So basically it's, it's fucking big. 
And of course, since it's fucking big and since Aerodin is rich as shit, he has this whole like wardrobe area that also has a pile of wands, which, okay, so this scene is funny because like he says, hey, don't mess with the wand pile. Magic's fake. I just took them because it's fake and people shouldn't have these, especially not low bloods. And I, I totally took these by force from low bloods from the store where I also gave a lot of money to the owner of the store that I took these from by force. I'm like, Aridin, you like legitimately actually like, like you talk about like killing lowbloods and you went and you literally just showed up in a store and handed them shit tons of money and took all their wands. So that's, that's very amusing for me. What is more exciting to many, many people about this wardrobe scene is that Aridin has dresses in the scene, which might strike fear in some of you who are aware of March Aridin because uh, I, I guess I'll kind of explain it. I wasn't around for March Aridin. Um, I, again, I didn't really get into the fandom until last year. So I'm kind of just finding out about fandom things that happened like in the several years that I was not paying attention to the fandom part of Homestuck. March Aridin was when Aridin was being shown, being dressed up in this kind of, I think it was like a sort of exposing dress and my phone went off because I always forget to mute it. So it's basically like a, a risque dress, I guess. And it became kind of a meme because it was for a calendar and that was the March calendar. So March Aridin was Aridin in a, I'm trying to think of good words for this because the only word coming to my mind is slutty. <laughs> and that's not good. That's not a good descriptor. I mean, I, it might be, it's not good. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say a slutty dress, but you know what I mean? So anytime he's shown wearing like feminine clothes, it's usually like really tacky, really exposing, really kind of shitty, tropey shit. And that's not good. And, and many, many people have a lot, a lot of problems about it, which is very fair. Thankfully, I haven't seen any of that, but I also don't go looking for Aridin content most of the time, so I don't know how prevalent it is. But we find out that, like, I mean, for one, they they look like just normal, high-class dresses. Like, they're good dresses. And Aridin's like, yeah, those are my fucking dresses. I wear them. What the fuck ever? And then goes on to this huge spiel about gender and how it's fucking meaningless and pointless and like who the fuck cares about gender anyway trolls have been trans since the fucking ancestors time like literally anyone who says that like trans people are are bad or like anything negative about uh trans or gender non-conforming trolls they just suck and they're stupid and they're wrong and that's great and I love it because, like, it's immediately, like, uh, reflected by how, like, now the, the Hemocast, that's some good shit. Anything below, anything below gold bloods are, are gutter bloods and they suck and should die and have no point in living in society. And I was like, okay, so it, we're seeing this parallel, this hypocrisy in his line of thinking. 
So what comes next is we have to get in touch with Solix. And the way we get in touch with Solix is kind of weird to me because, like, out of nowhere, Aridan is just like, hey, by the way, you know Solix, right? Do you know how many dicks he has? And that's kind of awkward, right? Like, it's been really established by now. Like, it's been established by Solix. Like, hey, things are weirder with you because you are not 13 like we are 13. And then Aridin just comes out and says, hey, do you know how many dicks this 13-year-old has? And it just, it just felt like out of nothing and nowhere. And it was kind of weird. And then we kind of get into this whole thing about how, like, huh, can you believe you guys want to know how many dicks Solix has? Like, that's such a weird thing for the fandom to fixate on. And it's a mystery that doesn't need to be solved. And... We're not going to tell you here. Maybe in a couple of years. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't want Pester Quest to tell me how many dicks a 13-year-old has. Like, if it comes up in Homestuck 2 with adult Solix, that's funnier, you know? And, like, maybe there's just some, like, disconnect for me. Because, like, they were still 13 in, like, Homestuck proper. 13 and, and 16. And... Like, people still made jokes like that and stuff. Like, that's that's where the whole thing came from. But, like, I guess Pester Quest is doing, like, uh, for one, it's come out in a more modern Homestuck fandom. And for two, it's doing more of a job of reminding you that these are children and stuff is weird because Reader is not a child of their age. So, I don't know. There's just this weird disconnect there for me. Maybe this was, like... A lot funnier to people who are not, like, so much older than, like, the Pester Quest kids. But for me, it was just kind of weird that this popped up out of nowhere. I did appreciate that they're like, yeah, Aridin did start this conversation, but he is now very uncomfortable with it. Um, and then it leads to basically a hate date between Solix and Aridin, or at least that's the way Aridin sees it. So Solix is like... Hey, uh, I'm gonna come kick your ass in, like, two hours. Wait where you are. And, like, yeah, so then we have, like, a time skip as we wait for for Solix to come. And he comes, and he's all, like, fucking ready to throw down. And Reader's like, ah, shit, like, this is worse than Asdaja. Like, I am ready to die. And so then uh, your next interesting choice comes is... Solix is about to throw a fucking maul at Aridin, and you can choose to, like, try to save Aridin, or say, uh, nah, I need to get out of here, like, immediately. Aridin's, you know, he's hardy, right? I'm gonna leave, because Aridin's, Aridin's fine, right? Uh, Aridin was fine. If you try to save him, you just end up getting your arms sliced off, and then you die. <laughs> Which, you know, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, I like the, f okay, this might be weird, but I like the focus on how much pain Reader was in with his arm cut off. I don't know, something about the description of like, hey, why didn't anyone tell you how bad it hurt to have a laser cut your arm off was very, very funny to me. I don't know why. Like, this is completely arbitrary, and I I'm sure that there are similar things in other routes that I, I didn't like as much. But for, for this in the here and now, that was very funny to me. But 
when we don't save Aridin, when we get our asses out of there, and as we're leaving, we see that Aridin also had an escape plan, and we go back to the crash site of the ship, and we see Solix there, and he reminds us that he can see when people are about to die, or, or he hears them, so, like, he wasn't just gonna, like, bone down on Aridin and, like, actually kill him like that was not the intent and he would have known to let up because he can see or he can hear when when people are about to die like he knows that that is the thing he knows and then we have this whole talk about Aridin and like why the fuck are you dealing with him reader he's not your responsibility he's just this this shitty dude and it's no one's responsibility to hang out and wait for him to change or try to change him, or anything like that, uh, which is all, you know, it's it's true. Like, just because you know that a shitty person can change, and you can, like, kind of understand why they're a shitty person, and, and how you might be able to help them get better, doesn't mean you have to, like, do that. And a lot of the times, it's often best for you to, like, not do that, because it's, it's very difficult and draining, and, like, it's it's not your responsibility and you got to think about your own mental health and shit. Uh, but there's this is reader. So he's like, nah. or readers kind of like, no, nah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. This whole conversation was, was seen as a lot of people by, uh, aerosol rights and also seen by a lot of people as aerosol is dead. So it's kind of up to interpretation, which is homestuck anyway. So, so it's kind of just like, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it's both. It's like Aerosol's dead because Solix is not there to stick around to wait for Aerodin to become better Kismesis, but like Aerosol is alive because like Solix is still like interested in a less shitty version of Aerodin Kismesis, I guess. I still like Aerosol. So that's what we're going to leave it at. <laughs> And you go to Aridin, and he's like, hey, I'm literally being, like, crushed under a bunch of shit here. I basically got triple dumped now. What the fuck is wrong with me? And you're like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to know? And he's like, yeah, fuck, yeah. I mean, like, what else? I mean, I'm at my lowest. Hit me with some more shit. So you go off on, like, this, this thing, Fuck, I, like, wanted to, like, really summarize it really well, but basically, like, saying what's wrong with Aridin and how you think he can change, but he's probably gonna, not gonna change overnight, or, or over the next year, he's still probably gonna be pretty shitty because changing takes time, and god, yeah, there wasn't a significant difference between my 13-year-old and 14-year-old self. It, it takes a lot of time to change, but it's a lot easier when you have people there who will be like, yeah, you suck, but we're going to try to help you suck less. And it's a process, and I'm going to be here with you. And Reader is willing to do that. And it's it's very nice. And again, not a requirement. Doesn't make you a bad person if you're not there to do that for someone. But Reader's there to be that for Aridin. Then they go and they watch Shrek 2. And it's nice because, yeah, more things should end with watching Shrek 2. So yeah, so let's go on to Feferi. Feferi's route overall. See, I'm going to suck it. I'm not going to go play by play as I did with, with Aridens and as I do with most of them. 
just because there isn't a whole lot in the play-by-play. Like, you start out saying, fuck it, I'm going to take this to the highest power. And you go to the highest power, and it's Feferi, and she's underwater, and you almost drown. And you can choose to not almost drown, or you can choose to to stick there and see if you really are immortal. Which, I, I think that was kind of a weird writing point, because, like, the way Reader talks about immortality in this route, like, their own immortality is, like, they get into a deadly situation and simply cannot die. When it's, they get into a deadly situation, they die, and then they go back to the, like, before the choice that led them to that deadly situation. But they were stressing over it as though, like, they would just possibly eternally drown or eternally be chewed in and die or just eternally suffer like that and... I don't know maybe reader doesn't remember the things that like like why they have all the i don't know it does, to me that 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 bit didn't make sense it was an interesting theory for just a general idea of immortality if you're testing it out like i would but like i don't want to drown in the ocean forever and be in constant suffering pain but that's not how readers immortality works and they should know that because they have all those doomed offshoots where they actually do die. Like they actually did die in the last route with, with the bad end. But like, you know, Fairy is cute and Fairy and it's like, yeah, I'm the ruler and yeah, Alternia sucks. And here, uh, let me get out this magic mis- mysterious plot device thing. And Caraco's there, except he's not Caraco. He's, like, being used by a higher power to be mysterious and talk about, like, how what you see on on one level is just, just a small part of the bigger picture. And if you look at that bigger picture, that's just a small part of the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is a smaller part of the bigger picture. Um, A lot of people are really interested in the various uh, pronouns used when talking about, like, the creators. Like, his creator has a creator, and his creator has a creator, and her creator has a creator. Or or some, something like that. I can't remember if that was the actual thing. It might have been his, her, his? No. Something like that. And, uh, so people are wondering, like, does that line up to actual people? Like, maybe it's, like, Dirk and Calliope. And maybe it's, like, you know, Dirk and then Aisha and then Hussey. Or, or something like that. I'm not super invested as that as, like, an answer. I don't think it's, like, a secret key to anything. Uh, I am personally under the theory that it's referring to, like, uh, again, I forget where the pronouns were, but, like, Dirk and then Aisha and then Hussey, or, or, like, whatever. I mean, not that Hussey is Aisha's creator. That would be fucking wild. Um, but, but, you know, like, the levels of, like, story power. Oh, yeah, because it was his, so Dirk, and then, like, Dirk would be in control of, like, the Homestuck narrative, and then Aisha's dad, who wrote uh, Feferi's route would be next, and then Aisha, who oversees 
everyone writing Pester Quest, and then Hussey, who presumably vaguely oversees everyone who writes everything from a really, like, nah, do what you want, here's a basic outline for some shit sort of way. I think that's the levels. Anyway, that's that's my theory of what it is. I think it's just a nod to, I think it's just a meta nod and not, like, anything of serious consequence. But, I mean, meta nods in Homestuck turn into things of serious consequence. So who knows? <laughs> and, and then you get to choose to either go for enlightenment and try to get to those expanded worlds and, and fight things at the source. Uh, I, I guess basically becoming your ultimate self through meditation over years and decades and centuries or to focus on the immediate problems at hand and and solve things in the smaller picture and ignore the bigger picture because, you know, here and the now matters and the people you know here and the now matters even if it doesn't matter in the ultimate grand scheme of things. And I like that both choices are like good and valid choices for different reasons. And I like that there is a slight different in what Carico says about a uh, reader in both of those routes. Like in one, uh, he calls reader like marshmallow like and the other, he calls him cheese. Like, I don't know. I like little differences like that. Like kind of like I said in the earlier, uh, Aerodin route, I just like when there are, are slight differences like that between your choices, even if they're, even if a lot of the part is the same. There are a lot of theories that Carico is being controlled by Calliope. Whether it's alt Calliope or like a dead Calliope out there is is kind of interesting to me. I don't know. I think there are a lot of good po- possibilities for that. Kind of sucks that what that's what Carico is being used for. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder what happens in the Friendsim timeline and if that's a hint of something we're going to get when High Swap Two comes out. Or, or what all is, is going on with that. Because I, I think that's pretty neat. I just wasn't super excited about the fairies route. I, which I, I feel bad because like, I, I like Aisha's dad. I like his writing. I like, you know, the, the friendsome routes he did. I'm just not a huge fan of this one. And you know, that's fine. You can't like everything. It's just like, I feel bad because I know he looks at like critiques of shit online. And I'm like, no, please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not going to talk about it online then because you're you're good and I don't want to harsh your vibes, dude. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite. I think that it was too plot and meta focusy and not enough about Fafari. I don't feel like we learned anything new about Fafari. We learned a bit new about like there's a fucking crystal ball thing that Eris's have the option of looking at and Fafari's used it to talk about Aridin probably like because she mentions using like no this isn't about quadrants or anything but like we're like yeah we know Fafari is next in line and we know she knows Alternia sucks and we know she's kind of out of touch about it I like the little bit uh, uh thing we got with that where she's like yeah no when I'm Empress everything will be better and Reader's like, when will you be Empress? And she's like, you know, in like a couple thousand years. Not too long. And, um, or a couple thousand sweeps, I think. Uh, and Aridin, Aridin, fuck. 
Reader is like, so what about what's going on right now, though? And she's like, huh, I don't know. So, yeah, but I don't think we got really anything new with them. Like, in, in the last route, I, I forgot to mention, Feferi was there, was with uh, Solix. But in this route, it's like she doesn't know anyone else exists. Like, I feel like you bring up Vriska and Terezi at some point, but I can't remember if that was just Reader's internal monologue or if he was telling Feferi about Vriska and Terezi and what they're trying to do. But, like, she, she just doesn't... I don't think she has any reaction to, like, anyone else. I don't know what part of the timeline she's in, if this is supposed to be, like, pre Aridin's route, because, like... But, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of confused about that. And, yeah, it wasn't... I, I just don't feel like it was a, a fairy character episode. And I know people liked... Uh, some people did like the whole meta shit that happened. And, and yeah, we're getting towards the end. We only have the alphas left after this. It's like more plot stuff is going to happen and that's that's fine. But like a lot of plot stuff happened with Aradia. And I still feel like we got to know Aradia a little better. Like I, I just, I don't know. I feel like there was more personality in that. Well, I feel in this one, like we heard from not Carico more than we heard from Fafari. So I just kind of came away feeling pretty meh about it. Yeah, I just don't feel like we got a deeper dive into Fafari and that kind of sucks. So yeah, those are my overall thoughts on everything. My next Wednesday episode is going to be another Positive Communities episode. <laughs> also, I have my next fan stuck scheduled, so it won't be another, like, three months or something between my fan stack episodes because I know a lot of you really like that. I, I think I just had to like chill on that for a hot sec. So I'm not going to announce that yet. It's going to be a surprise, but you guys are going to like it. So, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be in a couple of weeks, max a month, depending on how things go with the scheduling. And yeah, with all that said, I will see you Wednesday for another I probably my second to last positive communities episode unless you guys send me suggestions for more things about positive communities you want me to talk about I have suggestion boxes in my discord so go and check those out they are anonymous you can also send me a curious cat if you want to remain anonymous or you can just like dm me and say talk about this and I will try to write it down somewhere. Well, I will remember it if it is something I feel I can talk about. So uh, you can also send me suggestions for other Jack Jacks episodes. I only have like one real solid idea for something else. Well, I have two solid ideas for something else I want to talk about as a general Jack Jacks sort of thing. But yeah, let me know what you guys want. Because that's what I'm here for is producing the content you desire. That was weird. Anyway, I'll see you guys uh, Wednesday. This podcast's theme is Dirty Dirt Kenny and was created by Dami, who can be found on SoundCloud as Domino Thief. Shout out to my regulars and up on Patreon, Space Arby's. To become a patron and get episodes up to five days early, along with many other benefits, including but not limited to access to bloopers and original writing, physical merch, 
and the opportunity to get your questions and comments on the show, go to patreon.com slash sociallyanxiousdragon and sign up for as little as $1 a month. You can find links to that and more in the episode's description on the podcast's Twitter, Live Laugh Stuck, or on livelaughstuck.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on your app of choice and share with your friends. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to be a little selfish.